What's going on, everybody? Corey here. Welcome back to another Fly Casual. Hey, guess what? We got some reviews to talk about tonight, and it's going to be hot because we're talking about some comics, and we are also going to be getting just a little bit, a little bit, just a tiny bit, just a little pepper on it, Derry, into the new Thrawn book before we get into a deep dive looking back on the Empire Strikes Back, you know, the best movie of all time. Welcome back to another Fly Casual. Let's get ready to wrinkle! You know, the officer may not have believed me, but I think I podcast better when I've had a few. Oh, yeah, we all do. Corey, yep. boo to you. I know. Boo yeah. that you said Empire is the best movie of all time. Yeah, you know what, uh, Howie? Oh, the in, greatest cinematic event of all of time. All Howie, time. In, all time. Howie, no. in all the time. words of your former coworkers, suck it. Yeah, no, you can suck it. <laughs> And just suck it. Oh man, I thought there was something. Suck a Jawia. Yeah, I know. What? What? Oh, does he like? He likes Jedi, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite. No, I mean it's fine to like it. There's all kinds of people in this world. I love Jedi. I love Jedi too. I I absolutely love love Jedi. Jedi. But is that rum? Favorite. But do you have rum? It is rum. My favorite. But I also love Jedi. It's no empire. (laughs) It is no empire. You're right, it is no empire. It's That's better right. than empire. Technically true. We'll get into that later, though. <laughs> Technically, what Howie just said was an oxymoron. You cannot say the words better than and then follow it with the word empire. Can't happen. <laughs> Unless you're talking about Empire of the Sun, which is still in itself a fine film, Howie. Yeah, and I'll yeah. not but hear But it is otherwise. better than empire. No. No. Yeah. Some sort of logical fallacy, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, vicious circle. When everybody knows the new hope is better than Empire. Oh snap! Do you say better than Ezra? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like the band. Yep. Well, no, the the rebels character. Rebel. Welcome back, Rebel. ladies and gentlemen, to another Fly Casual. I'm your host, Mr. Corey D. Wilson. With me on my left is Mr. Michael J. Archibald. Hello. Hey. Just um. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And then there's Howie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> We are on schedule for this 30-minute episode, aren't we? Yeah, Mike's like, (laughs) I got an 8 a.m. appointment. Let's wrap this up quick. So make sure, everyone, that you're listening closely when we stretch this out to a three-hour episode. son of a bitch. (laughs) Over there, chuckling knowingly is Mr. Stephen Petrie. Yeah, what do you want? I don't know. And Garrick. What? What's up, dude? Um... The right. ceiling. All right, Star ah. Wars. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm in. Star Wars. Oh, was Reviews. Reviews. Again? Right, Wait. right into it. Yeah, wow. Oh, oh I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, I saw a movie that's not Star Wars. It was great. Also had a great bowel movement earlier. Reviews. Hey, hey uh, Corey, you need to give us one toilet etiquette. You know, 
Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to talk to you about the uh, you coffee drinkers out there that suffer from a slight degree of IBS late in the morning. Yeah, when I go true. in to use the bathroom at work at 10 a.m., it'd be great if I hadn't didn't have to mm -hmm. double flush your orange nope. shit smears that you leave nope. all over the insides of the bowls. Oh, this is a professional <laughs> environment, and everywhere I've worked, I have to flush the 10 a.m. coffee drinkers orange lunch. smears, and that's, I'm is, sick of it. That's Are they thing. drinking that Kopi Lowak? Dude, yeah, I don't coffee. even know. The butter Something, coffee nonsense? No. Oh, they're drinking Sanka. Yeah, they're drinking the monkey poop coffee. I don't know. Yeah, monkey poop. I don't know. The fact of the matter is, though, I feel like every day I have to flush someone's orange toaster leavings down the drain, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. It needs to end. Reviews! <laughs> yeah! Now I'm feeling more on track. Poop! Yeah. Poop. Poop is funny, guys. <laughs> People like the poop talk. Funny since I've been three. Yep. Never stops being funny. Never. Was. But before reviews, guys. Uh oh. Thought I give you a little rest of the saga segment here. Howie, we need to make a song. He's <laughs> yes. gonna keep doing. I know. This. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna keep doing it until someone tells me to stop. He's gonna keep doing it until you make a song. You have to make. Yeah. A, we have and to then make I'm like gonna a stop really, a really low all that key. Work. Really low key, soft version of like Duel of Fates or something like that. Like I don't know. No, it's got to. It's got an acoustic be guitar. <laughs> it's gonna be Imperial. They're March. all Imperial March. They all have I know. That's, that's why I'm saying that. Yeah. Mix Imperial March with Under the Sea. Under yeah. the Sea, yeah. Well, Howie, uh, little known fact. Beyond the, the Sea, beyond the sea is what I meant. <laughs> little known fact here, Howie. Life is much better. Down where it's wetter. Down, yeah. Yeah. Well, Heyo. you know we talk about Garrick's mom a lot. In so. windows mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Little Mermaid. What? Mm -hmm. No way. Not in that movie. Mm -hmm. Also a Disney movie. Yeah, it all ties together. <laughs> oh, yeah. With so here we go, guys. You guys ready for this? I hope so. Bring Got a question. It. Got a question for you. Uh -oh. What do the actor Michael J. Fox, the former football announcer and video game magnate John Madden, and the most fearsome bounty hunter in the entire Star Wars universe have in common? A wicked case the of shakes. shakes. Yeah. They all <laughs> <like> <laughs> No, not the shakes. Yeah. It may, this may take a bit of explaining. They all like turkey. Logical leaps and some very surprising sequence of events. They were all played by Frank Caliendo at some point. Oh. Oh. That's a, that's uh, a good point. Yeah. Good guess. I'm Googling Frank Caliendo Boba Fett just to try to back that up. So if you were to ask someone where the first public appearance of Boba Fett was, Oh, You're I likely know. to get a variety of different answers. I know the answer to this question. Some kids nowadays will say he first appeared in episode two, Attack of the Clones. And that would be incredibly wrong. <laughs> also, it's your American duty to slap them upside Dumb the head. Asses. Sup, Dad? They have no idea what they're saying. Hey, Some more knowledgeable about the saga what, will Dad? say he first appeared in Empire Strikes Back. And although that's pretty close, it's wrong. also incorrect. Hardcore fans are all completely certain that the first public appearance of the Mandalorian bounty hunter was in an animated short in the cinematic masterpiece, the star Wars holiday special, but they which aired November 17th, 1978. And it may trouble those fans to know that is also incorrect. It is incorrect. Yes. Only the so hardest the answer to this. Hardcore fans and those who have read the Wikipedia entry for Boba Fett really know when the <laughs> character first appeared to the public. But first, a bit of history on the costume. 
The Boba Fett costume was originally designed in the waning year after A New Hope was released to act as a marketing tool to keep Star Wars in the public consciousness while The Empire Strikes Back was being made. The plan was to parade around the country to keep people entertained and excited and maybe buy a few toys while they were at it because it meant being worn in public. It was fully kitted out. It had a fully functioning voice modulator, blinking indicator lights, a movable rangefinder, a missile that could detach, shoe spikes that sounded like spurs when somebody was walking around in it, and even had steam discharge from the rocket pack. You can see all this on a now famous screen test that was made showing the functionality of the suit, which was released to the public years later. The black and white armor that appeared in the video ended up launching a bevy of action figures, Funko Pops, and artwork we affectionately call Protofet. You may also have noticed that at the end of this video, the man filling the costume takes his helmet off, and we see clearly that this person is not Jeremy Bullock. In fact, it is someone completely different. But who was this strange man? Brett Favre! Sorry. Even after the smashing success of A New Hope, the central hub of Lucasfilm was located just 12 miles southeast of what would later become Skywalker Ranch in a small town in California named San Eselmo. Every year, the town would put on a county fair with rides, games, cotton candy, fried food, and one of those classic parades the entire town would line the streets to watch. In September 1978, a little less than one month before the holiday special would ruin the lives of millions, <laughs> people would gather once more in the street to see the parade. But this time it was different. There was an excited buzz in the air because there was a rumor going around that a huge celebrity was leading the procession this year. <laughs> George Lucas was always a philanthropist at heart. He wanted to give back to the city that contained his headquarters by adding a little bit extra to the parade this year. Lucas decided to pull out the movie original Darth Vader costume and put the tallest person he could find in it and then parade him at the front of the parade as the master of ceremonies. Then it dawned on the people at Lucasfilm that it would seem a little anticlimactic to have Darth Vader just walk down Main Street all by himself. He needed some lackeys. So they saw this as a perfect opportunity to launch their new marketing costume. And thus, on that 90-degree California afternoon, on September 24th, 1978, Boba Fett first stepped into the sunlight and walked down that small town street side-by-side side with Vader and straight into our hearts. But that's not the rest of the saga. You remember the question I asked at the beginning of this little segment? Sure do. I left a few... Uh, seconds ago who was in the costume well let me answer these riddles for you the man inside the costume the very first person to be boba fett was just an assistant editor they had hired to work on the empire strikes back and they had more or less forced him into the costume because he's the only one that would fit in it <laughs> the man's name was Dwayne dunham and it's not too big of a household name but some of his future prof projects would be you see, after he went on to be editor on The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi, he decided to try his hand at directing. The first film he would direct would be a remake of a 1963 film titled mm -hmm. The Incredible Journey, which he would re later retitle Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, Yep, which starred Michael J. Fox as the voice of the bulldog scamp Chance. Mm -hmm. Upon the success of that film, 
He would go on to direct only one more film later that year, a true David and Goliath tale that was titled Little Giants, which, as everyone knows, featured a tide-turning cameo <laughs> by one John Madden. So you see, not only is Boba Fett one of the greatest bounty hunters in the galaxy, but he's also good at weaving together heartwarming and somewhat uplifting tale for children and adults alike. <laughs> and that is the rest of the saga. <laughs> Wait, where did John Madden fit into that? <laughs> he's a little giant, man. What's that? He's he a little, a little giant. giant. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It was right at the end there. Yeah, it's famous cameo. <laughs> I thought we were gonna. Th- I thought it was gonna the lead into. The- I thought you were tricking us, and it was the John Madden who directed the radio adaptations of A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. And that is the <laughs> augmentation of the saga. <laughs> I should have saved yeah. that for Porkins. Dang it! Dang it! Oh, ah, opportunity. Uh, you can still use it. No, people will forget. Yeah, they don't, they, they don't remember. Yeah, public consciousness is. Yeah, I don't know if y'all know. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> Shut up. Go sit over there. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah. So reviews, guys. Yes, reviews. But we had one of the biggest comic events of all time. Of all, Wexley guys. Poe Dameron issue twenty nine event called Poe Dameron of all time. One of the most valuable comics ever printed. Poe Dameronian. Because in Poe Dameron twenty nine, we find out the fate of one Snap Wexley. Sexy Wexley. So there were some questions after the Fat Riker. Like, where where was Snap Wexley, man? Where's Fat Riker? Where's Fat Riker? Fat Riker. People said they saw him on like transports that got blown up. (laughs) And no, he wasn't there. He was just a. a yeah, he was a off, miss- he was busy off trying to film the Heroes revival. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that went really well. Sure did. But no, this issue covered where Snap was during the events of the Last Jedi, and he was off doing stuff. So and- where he was ten minutes later, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Technically, he's still alive. So there you go. Mm. Who knows if he'll make it into Episode Nine? There's still one issue left. Well, we can hope. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Biggest event of all time. Snap who's, Wexley is alive. Who's directing nine? Gingerbread. And what was the question you had before that? <laughs> his question was his question was, will JJ Abrams put all his best friends in episode nine? And the answer is so of, says, of GD Corsi will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll probably be three fourths of the cast. They're be, all yeah. con. Yeah, I, yeah, that's how Carrie Russell got in, right? Mm-hmm. Con. Who? Con. Carrie Russell. Felicity. Con. No, she did. Yeah. Con. No. No. No, no. Carrie Russell's not dead. She's just. She's Is just, she gonna fly a capital just ship into a? Oh. She's into she's Death very Star skinny, 4. but she's not dead. Oh, not no. Carrie Fisher. Guys, oh. oh. Do you guys remember when that was a thing when people were criticizing Carrie Russell for being too skinny? No. No. You don't remember that? That's Callista Flockhart, man. No, no, no. That's Callista Solo. Was it Callista Flockhart? That's that's Han Solo's wife, man. (laughs) I don't remember all these. It's still Star Wars. Jaina Solo. (laughs) It's still Star Wars. It's still still season one of Supergirl. It's true. 
Yeah. Yep. So there's that. Go back to Poetry Jam around 29, hanging on your wall. Snapbook sees alive. Spoiler. Wait, do, I have to- <laughs> do I have to 3D print comic holders now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. 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 No. Just just one. Just one. <laughs> just for, for, for all the issues. Sold. For Fat Riker. For the Potos. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had another big issue come out with Vader Annual number two. Mm, lovely. And which is strange because Vader Annual number one came out last year. So I don't get that. When was the last one? <laughs> uh, last long, year long time ago. It might have been two years yeah, ago. It's, it's been like it's two been years. Forever. Vader, yeah. because Bi-annual. if you remember, yeah. the first Vader oh, Annual came out with year. the first Seven Vader annual. run, which was a different timeline. Yeah, that's then true. they ended after annual issue 25. Huh? And then they restarted. I believe that biannual can mean once every two years or twice a year. I believe it is accepted to mean both, even though semi-annual definitely means twice a year. <sighs> Google, how do you pronounce biannual? Yeah. <laughs> biannual. <laughs> Got it. Biannual. Wow, that didn't that sounded like Howie a little bit. No, no, no. that was oh. Google. That was no. that was Cortana oh. Siri. Let's be a poor That was Alexana Biannual. Biannual. Oh, that was the Canadian pronunciation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Vi- Vader Annual number two, written by Charles Windig, everybody's favorite author Wait. for the Star Wars. Charlie Windig? Wendig Char- wrote this? Charlie Charlie Dub. Charlie Wendigo. C dubs. I wouldn't know. I'm blocked. Hey, I'm C dubs. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Winnebago. There could be two C dubs. Mike doesn't know because he's blocked. I would oh, like, oh. I think we should rip at least every other podcast. Remind the, the listeners that Michael J. Archbold <laughs> is blocked on Twitter by I'm, Chuck Wendig for saying, Hey, bro. It's time for unification. <laughs> he literally, he literally suggested to Chuck Wendig the ways of Qui-Gon <laughs> and was blocked, blocked for his efforts. I think blocked. I blocked Mike. Well, too. we've all blocked Mike, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. Chuck started, Wendig shouldn't block Mike. He, start, he started posting pictures of open action figures. I couldn't take it. No, either. I know. That's blocked. offensive. That's offensive. Yeah. Blocked. Yeah, so what happened in Vader Annual number? So Vader uh, Annual number two. Beta. <laughs> Takes place during Rogue One, apparently, right before Rogue One, apparently. What? Oh, yeah. I remember Vader in that. He's bad. Yeah, I remember. It's got the Airsos in it. It's harmonized. Remember Airso? Yes. The gin. Wait, 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 wait. Urso? Yeah. Yes. Or or Daddy, Papa Urso. No, Mommy Um, Urso. No, no, she did. (gasps) Mommy died. Yeah. Lyra. Moira. Not in this this one, baby. Yes. No. Yes. Nope. Yes. That was a different If I can bring Jack Ryan into anything, you're damn well bet I'm gonna. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if they well, that play was a reach, if, but I got the reference. I don't know if Marvel's playing this, but these are two Vader issues in a row that have dealt with the relationship between Vader and Tarkin. And I guess this is kind of before the last Vader comic, maybe. No, it's yeah, it's after, sorry. Which I, I don't get. Like they should already be on kind of good terms after that comic. I would think they were never See, on good terms. Nah, not really. Well, I guess. here's just here's not on the as thing. bad of terms. I mean, the last comic it was Vader pushing him to do that, so I never felt like that they weren't like at odds with each other. I mean, it was something that Vader pushed for. Now this annual 
feels different. They're, they've yeah, always it, been at odds. At the end of the Vader comic, Tarkin's like, oh, I'm, you know, this sucked, but I'm sure as hell glad he's on our side. I mean, yeah, Tarkin had that that you know getting tarkin's respect is a very rare thing and but getting it's weird res- but getting his respect doesn't necessarily negate getting his ire that's true yeah yeah, yeah but it's basically the vader sent to geonosis to solve what's happening to the uh somebody sabotaging the death star project because you know i guess the, the, the canon now is the death star was created over geonosis what yeah. No. Yeah. Hey, 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 that, that was in the book. Head cannon yeah. weapon still developed at the mall. It was also My touched in. It was also touched in uh, Rebels as well. And yeah, yeah, that was yeah. yeah first introduced in Tarkin book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. like con- continuinized continu. Yeah. I'm trying to make a word here, guys. <laughs> New, uh, continuized. Con- continuitized by rebels. Hashtag. Oh, no, I think it's, it was in the rogue one, uh, the rogue one build up novel before that one. Yeah. Yeah. We're so in the legends, that was De- Des- Despiri, Despire, Desperado, Desperado. That's what it was. The mall. <laughs> the Maha installation. No. no, it was the superstructure was uh, done at the mall where they had the super laser prototype. I disagree. There was a novel. I will fight the shiznit out of you. Oh, okay. Dang. Death Star came later, but at the time of Dark Saber, I believe it was described that the original Death Star prototype laser was designed at the mall, and they were recreating it uh, during uh, the, the New Republic era. Okay, mm-hmm. so, I'll, give you, I'll give you that one. The yeah. prototype, yeah, fine. Yeah, I mm. am not a reliable source right now for, for Canadian whiskey reasons. <laughs> that. Hey, God bless. Look at that fire. 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 Oh, yeah, the fire. Let's continue. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Move along. Move along. So it was interesting, you know, Vader goes back to Geonosis and he has flashbacks to the Clone Wars. Remember that he's on Geonosis and the Clone Wars, guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, can I say just quickly, I'm sorry, Garrick, to keep uh, derailing you. Stop it. (laughs) I don't like, you get good, Mike. I don't like the fact that that we reuse Geonosis for that. Even though in Attack of the Clones, we get that little snippet where the Geonosians are like, when you get the little Death Star projection, like, okay, they're involved somehow. I don't like the fact that they're like, let's just park it here while we design it. I felt like it was a little on the nose, but well, the fact that they've committed to it in several different media, they use they use all the Geonosians to yeah the to the kind of the Wookiee slave labor from the legends mm-hmm. became Geonosian kind of slave labor yeah yeah and then and they, I'm, I'm and okay then they genocided that. them after it was completed. That's actually the one thing that makes it okay with me is that Rebels added that extra layer to it. That mm-hmm. they were all or almost all gone because the Empire tried to eradicate the evidence. Yeah. I that and that was- that's one part in this uh, comic that I appreciated is the G- there's a Geonosian uh, queen, which I think it was the same queen that was in the Vader comic like and from Ender, the first run. Ender takes her larva. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> where I was going with it. Was like, <laughs> well, that's, every, that's kind every of... Clone Wars episode that they had with the Geonosians, all, maybe just one of them, I don't remember, but it's, I just... I went to Ender's game. I'm like, that's, I'm done. I know it was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's hey. kind of what happened in the in the comic too. Like one of the Geonosians sends an egg to uh, Urso to have him hold on to it because they, I guess, they found out he was a pack. 
pacifist and they thought, oh, this is our best shot. We'll send it to him since he's working on this program. He so, just ate it. The Formix, yeah, if you will. Yum, 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 yum. Great egg. Hugo oh, Award winning. Guys, Hugo Award winning Ender's Game. I mean, that's that's ripe source material. Yeah. Am I right? Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All original content. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, comics were okay this couple weeks. I still think Afra's the best. Uh, a lot of action and cool stuff. Funny moments. Man, that's a comedy comic. That's really good. You know, you guys lust after Afra as being her pseudo Asian techie weird self. And I get it. I, that's actually probably the most endearing thing about the Afro comics to me is the fact that it leans into the quirky comedy, not the slapstick comedy. Like the movies tend to, I don't know, pour themselves out over in a really no. gooey, sticky, unfortunate one way. movie did that. But yes, go ahead. Uh, may I remind you of attack of the clones? No, what a drive. Dude, nowhere, nowhere even close. All right. Apparently, Mike didn't show up to collect his paycheck today, and we got Sorry. actual Mike. No. But either way, um, that's actually one of my favorite things about Afra is the fact that it's got the snarky. The yeah, snarky. It is. Right. The it. writing is amazing. Just like like uh, Tolvin and Sana, like they're now kind of teaming up, and I guess they're both exes or current lovers of Afra. And it's hilarious. And that's the other thing. I love the fact that the sauna has can, has the sauna character has continued outside of the solo. I'm your ex that no one ever talked about. Art. Yeah, she's become one of my favorite new characters as yeah. well. Like her, she, the way she's developed through the the annuals and then in Afra and the main main Star Wars title is amazing. Like yeah. that is some good character development. Mm-hmm. And you still don't know much about her. Like, you don't know much about her backstory or, or whatever, but she's still a very cool character. nothing wrong with not knowing everything. There's no, nothing there's wrong not. with just using her piecemeal. Because at some point, there's going to be, I don't know, a more holistic payoff to all that. And I'm, I'm that's cool. But right now, she's a cool character that can be kind of plug and played into some different scenarios. And that's great. I love her. Like, she's almost like, a Mary Sue almost, but in the same vein that Han Solo is a Mary Sue where, you know, things just kind of work out. Never tell and me the odds. Yeah. It's, it's kind of just all built up to luck, but for her, everything comes up roses. And it's, I, I love, I love that about her character that you don't know how she got here, but she's kind of the best at all, all almost all, everything she does. Yeah. And it's great. And I don't know. It just works this time. Yeah. But yeah, it's comics. Good stuff. Check them out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, come out biennially. Biennial. Yeah. That's the, the word. The annual. Biennial. The second biennial. annual that came out two years after the first annual. Is that technically an annual? Is right. that what you're getting at? Yeah. Biennial, yeah. like perennial. Yeah. Kind of. I've never heard that difference, but I feel like it makes sense. Yeah, it's a thing. I looked it up on the Googles. I'm digging yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a novel. We had a novel come out, guys. <laughs> He's, is he staring at his computer or just not? <laughs> I think he was asleep. You know what? You know what? I'm going to give you Mike's inner monologue while he's just sitting there ready. Eight o'clock a.m. How <laughs> hell did I let myself get an eight o'clock a.m. <laughs> there are things I could have done to try to manipulate the situation, and I failed. I failed miserably, and I have an eight o'clock. He moved. That's, I think I got through to him. He woke him up. What? <laughs> huh? So we had a novel come out, Corey. Heck yes, did we you, did. Uh, did you hear about this novel that uh, came out? And you know, it's funny that you should phrase it exactly that way. 
did you hear about this novel that came out? Because I have, guys, I have gotten in touch. What? Oh, no. I have gotten, I have gotten in, if you will, silly touch with my inner Howie. Ooh. Oh. I always like it when he goes. I have <laughs> never touch your inner Howie. I have every intention so, of purchasing a dead tree version of this book, but I am listening to an audio book. Oh, oh, what? When it's when it's a novel about everybody's favorite blue alien. Yes. Max Rebo. Well, <laughs> he ain't got no legs. Uh, he doesn't have legs. No. Um, I am enjoying with caveats. The audiobook of the new Thrawn book. What's it called, Garrick? Alliances, maybe? Alliances. Dark Alliances? Is it Mortal Kombat? <laughs> I don't remember. Yes. Dark Saber? Yes. Yeah. Um, may I point out Mike. that Please. I am quite finicky about, and this is actually one of the reasons why I've been so hesitant. Like, I, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm finicky about some things where Howie's totally cool with it, and I, I, I envy that. Like, I wish, like, okay, I wish I could read The Hunger Games and not hate it. <laughs> no. You know, because, just because it's written in the present tense. I hate that. Just like the, the Aftermath series, same thing, right? So I'm listening to this book, and I like it because the guy reading the book, and I don't remember the name. Gosh. Mark. Sum- Mark Summers. Oh. Nope. Have you guys watched the new Double Dare? No. Totally loving yeah. it. Yeah. Loving it. But he's it's not classic. on it. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Yes, there's he's a the host. Announcer. There's like a host who asks questions, but he's like the narrator, like guy who reads oh, the prizes man, and stuff like that. Yes, he's straight. Check it out then. Yes, watch Double Dare because. Double reasons. Dare. Um, they pick the nose. Mark Thompson. Mark Thompson. So the opening scene in this book. Mark Harmon. Is Mark Harmon is the greatest actor <laughs> of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest actor event of all time. Okay. So, uh, Mark Thompson, like the opening scene is between Vader and Thrawn and uh, Palpatine, right? Ah. Yeah, dude. So, oh, each other. Okay. Oh, so, no one can do a Vader voice except two people, and that's James Earl Jones and the dude what did his voice for several of the video games who was also in a bunch of TV shows that I don't remember. And he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. He's not not spot on, but pretty good, right? All right. So there's that. But then this guy does the scene between the three of them, and he nails Palpatine. Nails it. I mean, absolute bare scraping, like fingernails, nails it, right? All right. And so Thrawn, I've not been thrilled with how uh, Mickelson's brother voices Thrawn no, in the Rebel series, yeah. but he nails that too. I mean, both of them absolutely in- indistinguishable, perfectly done. The Vader voice, close enough for government work. So <laughs> it's kind of amazing in that regard. The opening scene between the three of these, he's nailing the voices. So this is an issue I've taken with Star Wars audiobooks in the past. Is it just one guy reading all this? Yes. 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 Okay. And plus, like, there's a little bit of music and there's always ambient noise in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if they're oh, on a ship, cool. if they're on a ship, you hear. But like, it's faintly in the background. Yeah. Or, like, if they're on a planet, you hear, like, birds chirping in the background, which is more than a normal audiobook does. And I, Howie's commented about this on the past. And this is the first time in the past. This is the first time I've experienced it. And I'm like, that's kind of nice, right? Mm-hmm. Here's where it breaks down for me. Uh-oh, here it's, we go. It's hard for a dude to do Padme. To, to do female voices. <laughs> but, okay, so there's Padme, right? Who sounds like totally, like, 
What's the Wait, word? Like can... offensively fem- effeminate. Not effeminate. That's not even the right word. It's like a dude doing an impression of a woman. It doesn't sound right. It's kind of like if you were to listen to an audiobook of a woman doing an impression of a man, and every voice she does is like this, you'd be like, okay, what the hell is this? Reverse that, and it's the same thing. Um, it's, okay, so Padme, she has this voice that's just totally gentle every time he speaks. And I'm just like, I feel like Natalie Portman did it a little more aggressively than that. <laughs> she did her voice a lot better than he did. Yeah, he was, she was way better at doing an impression of her than he did. He her queen voice. He but probably I'm willing, nailed that. Right. And I'm <laughs> We must do something. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Padme, whole, Padme has triumphantly returned and this time she's had a little bit to drink oh Anakin I love you so who knows where this path is going to lead us other than to war (laughs) anyway well I woke Mike up I deserve an award kinda anyway um, it's not actually the Padme voice which is a typical dude doing a girl impression right it's the fact that every other woman sounds offensively snarky like yeah like they all sound like snidely whiplash oh no i'm an imperial and this is how i say everything and i'm like dude (laughs) chill out can't they just sound like marginally british and we'll leave it at that (laughs) you know like it's the empire apparently you didn't watch rebels by the way uh timothy zahn are all the imperials that don't already have character names women now it's kind of weird like there's not that many that have voices the stormtroopers are dudes but all the officers and bridge crew are women it seems i'm only i'm only 33% like 33 uh, a third of the way in repeating of course yes uh, yes. <laughs> yes there's a little line over the threes right yes but um but yeah that's actually the only thing that quirks me up in my new audiobook yeah. experience is I, I literally i love the sound effects that that are not there's only a few like r2 warbles aren't every time r2 warbles it's a couple of times and, you know, like they, they, they do it a couple times in a row and then they stop if he continues doing it right. throughout the conversation. I love the ambient noise. I love the fact that it opens with the theme song playing for like, Although I, 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 hate, oh, wow. I hate the way he does a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So, <laughs> Raw. And, <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, that's but yeah, Star no. Wars. There's, I, yeah, yeah, there's times that he's a book there's times that he's song. done a little bit better job on the women's voice, but I I know what you're saying. The Padme is a little cringy, but here's the thing. Okay, because all, he reads all the Star Wars books. Oh, does he? Currently, so I I like it overall. It's a little distracting in that regard, and I also feel like sometimes his 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 dry read is a little off. Like the inflections are weird. I get that from a lot of audiobook writers of, of the handful I've listened to. Well, I, I almost feel like, like they're the reading it. The, they're, they're reading it for the first time while yes. they're saying it. That's what it kind and of they're feels like, like. And they get to the end of the chapter and like, how is that? And like, it's fine. Let's move on. You're only getting paid for 48 hours worth, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. The inflections were on the wrong syllables. Yeah, had he got a, the, the I, whole time. I feel like had he read it again, he would have gotten it right. Right. Exactly what you're saying. But um, but the thing that I really want to f- <laughs> the thing I really focus on, aside from the, the fact that every woman talks like this, like I'm a I'm a powerful woman who hates everyone. Like in a real oh, it's awkward. It's the Anakin voice. <laughs> <laughs> we have got to discuss the Anakin voice, Howie. It sounds like to his credit, 
he is trying to do the perfect average between Hayden Christensen yes. and Clone Wars Anakin. I don't remember the actor's name. He's trying to do this thing where everything Anakin says is like this. <laughs> and it's like, cool, what? dude. I was like, he's got the awkward Anakin from the movie, like awkward yeah. Hayden Christensen yeah. down. Yeah. But like, I think we could have leaned a little more into cartoon Anakin, <laughs> but it's somewhere right in the middle and everything he says sounds pouty. <laughs> I'm just like, oh God. <laughs> well, I, I'm like, I, it's, it's terrible, but it's, it's the best kinda, it could possibly be. <laughs> well, and it's kind of funny because um, when I first start listening to book uh, that he reads, yeah, I have to almost adjust my mind to settle into these voices. Yeah, yeah. And, a lot and this of them, is new for me. Yeah, a lot of this them are new. really good, but other ones, like, when I first, because there's a lot of Anakin. Yeah, there's a and, lot of Anakin. I had to, and, oh, yeah. and there's I even had to, inner monologue. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's Thrawn inner monologue and a lot of uh, yeah. Anakin inner monologue. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll get into, no, I think we'll get vision. into more of the reviewing of the actual story and Zahn's work in the future after people yeah. have had time. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but we yeah, give our, we could give our first impressions of the story as a whole. How do you feel? How do you feel about it, Garrett? Yeah. So far, I'm, I think I'm halfway through mm-hmm. and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I feel a third of the way yeah. through. I'm like, I, it feels like the, in, in the last Thrawn book, the, the, the last, you know, Thrawn, the book that came out, there was the scene where um, we first meet Thrawn and he's on that planet and he's been like stranded for a while and he's kind of like this wild, crazy dude who's like, you know, pulling off all these crazy hijinks while all these stormtroopers are like, what the hell's happening, right? Or clone troopers or whatever the hell they were at that time. I don't remember. Um, I feel like almost the whole book has been kind of like that where Thrawn is this, even though there's a, there's a, a time jumping between like... Oh yeah, there's like... There's two different, which there's uh, two time. different storylines that this are happening is where concurrently. Listening to the audiobook really helps. Yeah, because you definitely you get Vader instead of Anakin's voice. Yeah. yeah. Um, where and 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 as you guys well know, for just from how I react to stories, especially like how I fell off the Walking Dead train, I don't like time skipping in stories if you do it too much. First off, because it's really hard to do well. And secondly, because it's just jarring in general when you time skip with the same characters, future and past. It's it's not traditional narrative. And I am a traditionalist in the terms of narrative in a lot of ways. I I'm struggling with it a little bit. Timothy Zahn is really, really good. But I but this is more of a challenge. And it's kind of how I remember Outbound Flight, Outbound Flight being. Do you guys remember? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Outbound yeah. Flight did the time jumping. <laughs> yeah, thing. it did. And that's probably my least favorite of Timothy Zahn's Star Wars novels. And I kind of feel like I'm kind of back there. I'm a little more invested because I think I'm just more hungry for it. Yeah. But I, I'm I, having feel, trouble. I feel a bit differently. I'm actually really enjoying the back and forth. Because yeah. it almost, if it, maybe it's my ADD mind, but it almost gives me something else to kind of Yeah, I, that, that's nice. It, re- <laughs> yeah. it refreshes everything. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> admit it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, uh, you know, it funny. gives me a break from, uh, you know, as soon as I get used Anakin's to the voice. As soon as I get used to the Vader voice, I'm like, oh, here we go back to Anakin again. Yeah. Hey, maybe this is where Padme was. <laughs> Doja. That, uh, I, for me, it's, I like one time frame better than the other yes. like i like the the pre- oh, i guess quote unquote I present yeah which is, I, which is I like them both and and the present in this book is right before thrawn jumps back into rebels 
yeah. we had initial Thrawn and Rebels, and there was the failure of control, and then there was the break. So the it failure was, of control was after the Thrawn book that we had, you know, last yeah. year. And then there was yeah. like, uh, and then there was a break, and then Thrawn comes back and redoubles his efforts at the end of the series. This takes place between like. Yeah, this is four. this this starts right after um Bindu messed him up. Right. <laughs> like like the, and then the rebels escape. So this is directly after that episode. And Vader basically. continually reminds him of it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't stop. Don't reminding. you love that that continuity there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's oh, yeah. the thing. That's the thing. I ex- at this point it had to happen because of how beautifully Timothy Zahn included the rebels continuity in the first book. Yeah. With the Governor Price yes. in her entire ascension up to governor and me being too stupid you need to, to even listen to him read Governor Price. I'm so God. I'm sure she sounds exactly <laughs> yeah, like that. That's where he kind of nails. It's the exact. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Governor Price does sound like that, even in Rebels. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like when with Re- like when I read Thrawn, I wasn't even thinking of Governor Price from the cartoon because I'm not used to books being that tightly woven with like any other medium media and so it, like i've said several times it was more than halfway through the first thrawn book that i realized that oh wait that's the chick with the black hair like i didn't even know it was her because i'm just not yeah. used to that now going into this book i'm like it's gotta be that way and it it's, absolutely and it's actually is. a big kind of piece of the story yeah. in in the underpinnings of it yeah so I I'm I'm over I'm super enjoying it but I have no idea what the hell's going on except I know we're trying to find Padme in the past <laughs> yeah. you know but as for the disturbance that Emperor Palpatine has found or sensed or you know whatever that I'm still at my point in the book I'm well, clueless on and and this is how I feel I, I well we, we could probably. Not go We're going to go more it. into yeah. it, I'm sure, in a couple weeks. I'll save, oh, what, yeah. I'll save what I was going to say for later. But I, 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 honest to God, I'm, I'm enjoying the audiobook. It's jarring for me. It really is jarring for me. But overall, I'm re- they've done a wonderful job. There's a lot of really good post-production work oh, yeah. in the recordings and stuff like that. And you can't credit a dude for not being able to accurately sound like a woman. Well, and how, I mean, many, the best we can how many different characters is he doing? The best we can all hope to do is Captain Janeway. You know, that's as, <laughs> that's as close as you're going to get, you yeah. know. But yeah, like, I, I. but again, his Palpatine is amazing, who's only in the first scene so far. But his Thrawn, he might as well be... You know, Bob Mickelson, whatever Madge Mickelson's brother's name, who does the voice of Palpatine <laughs> Rebels, he might as well be him. It's absolutely perfect. I mean, all I can't do it, but like all like the slithery way he speaks mm-hmm. and thinks and observes Vader. Now that's uh, Zahn writes Vader's observations of Thrawn and Thrawn's observations of Vader, and I know how they look from reading the first book. It's just italicized text. I know that that's exactly what it is. It's a little strange. How, you know, uh, the, the the reader is actually jumping into those because the prose is just his Star Wars voice and he reads it like this. But then suddenly we're doing this again. And you're like, wait, is Thrawn talking or thinking? OK, he's thinking now. Like, it's a little tricky sometimes oh, okay. to make those leaps. I, it, it, you know, I think I got used to it in the first book. That may be. Yeah. And so I, I'm I'm noticing it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can see yeah, you're getting those visual cues when you're reading it. Yeah. Uh, versus having to, but it's yeah. it's it's oddly it's funny because one of the things I loved about Zahn's uh, Legends work is that 
he was able to capture these grandiose happenings so magically. Now, I will say no one could write like star starship action better than uh, Stackpole. Oh, yeah. Stackpole could write like when he was writing like an X-Wing taking a run on a ship and the maneuvers stuff. I felt felt like I knew exactly okay. what was happening. Okay. okay. But Zahn could write like the whole thing in the legends about dropping cloaked asteroids over Coruscant so that they couldn't run any ship traffic in and out. It was so visually amazing and this big tactical thing that understood it. But both this past book and this like the Thrawn book and the new canon in this book, their action seems to be more tightly focused on like we're on a planet. There's a lot of trees and some people are shooting at a guy. And I kind of miss those big grandiose things. Now I'm only a third of the way in the book. So well, who knows? Who knows? But I will say that in the first Thrawn book in the new canon, I and Thrawn, I, the second half, just to remind everybody, the second half of the book where Thrawn was ascending and it was more of that type of scale. Yeah. I actually liked a lot more than like their initial encounter with him when he was stranded on the planet. And so that's where I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get more growth, even though, we I don't have I'm, that kind of character uh, arc. I'm pretty sure we're going to get more because yeah. the, the whole disturbance is barely even touched. Because I feel yeah. like that's where Zon excels is the grandiose scale. Yeah. We're going to get a payoff at some point, whether it's going to be worth it or not. I yeah. think it's uh, I know, we'll, I mean, we'll find out. Yeah. I, I grew to love Thrawn as a character from Zon in the Legends. Yeah. And he was I mean, he was a force to be reckoned with. Heck yeah. I mean, he bootstrapped the remnants of the Empire. Back into the empire, basically, dude. In, when into it, a credible threat. When has an author said, "You know what? Yeah, you killed the whole fleet. So here's another mystery fleet that's thousands of years old that's floating out in the middle of space, and we don't go really, right? Really? Like he actually made it go, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he added a mythos to it. He did, but and oh, beautiful. I have, I have a bit of a disconnect with how they wrote Thrawn in Rebels, and I, I've, I've yet to finish Thrawn and or Stark. Thrawn alliances. So you need to finish the. Book. I do, but it's I don't like in Rebels where they they portray him as kind of a badass, but also he bungles stuff up. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that's he's, not Thrawn to me. I don't. He doesn't do that. He's outsmarted by a ragtag group, right? But yeah. Also, uh, I do appreciate uh, so far where I'm at. Rook's present. Present, oh, yeah, in the book, like <laughs> yeah. just pissing off the stormtroopers guarding Vader's ship, <laughs> not, and not the just any stormtroopers, no, like the yeah, like the the first legion that's like hand selected from the 501st by Vader guarding his personal ship in the Chimera, and they're standing around and they're 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 like the whole of their orders is keep the Nogri off the ship, <laughs> that's that's their main purpose, that's like their life. whole purpose, and someone's and Rook, gonna die if he and Rook's just like, well, I'm bored, I'm gonna go throw a helmet through theirs. <laughs> Their sensor field Sounds just like to piss them person. off. Sounds like a certain person we role played uh, with who also role played a no green. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it does. And I, it's cracking me up because, like, well, he didn't get on the ship. He just was throwing crap onto it to piss us off. <laughs> I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> I'll have to give those a read. And, yes. And yes. hopefully, Paleon comes back. Yeah, I'm actually, because Thrawn has already ascended at this point and he's yeah. in position, I'm really hoping by the end of the book we get a name drop of Paleon. Because although yeah. it was awesome in that last episode of Rebels, how much more fulfilling will it be to hear Zahn go, oh yeah, my boy's alive. Oh, at yeah. this point, my boy's alive. Well, I mean, you, We know he is, I but say, I want to hear his name. Didn't Dave Filoni come out and say, ah, the radio cut out, he's not dead. 
I don't. Or it doesn't mean he died. Some maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not confirmation. I, it's one of my favorite characters. I oh, I know mine too, dude. My family name on freaking uh, on freaking Old Republic back when they were exclusive. I got the Palian name on our server. Ooh. They're not exclusive anymore. It means nothing. Oh, wah, wah. yep. Anyhow, thank you very much for letting me get into that. I wanted to talk because yeah, first audiobook experience in years. So it was. The dude does a great job. The only way he could do better is if there was, if he was literally tag teaming with an actual female who could do female voices, her who aren't so snidely whiplash. Or, or, or if it was Frank Caliendo, right? Yes. Frank Caliendo brip, far, brip, far, would be perfect. Really? Yeah. Turducken. Yes. <laughs> Turducken. <laughs> hey, Garrick, is that all for reviews? Uh, let me check. Yes. That means time for my week. Again. Again. Hope we get another financial breakdown. That was awesome. (laughs) I don't know if y'all know this, but last week we did a deep dive on the cost adjusted for inflation of all of the different Star Wars movies that have come out between the origination of the franchise and today. This week, I'd like to share with you that in Return of the Jedi, when Leia gets shot outside the bunker and during the Battle of Endor, Han Solo grab a booby. <laughs> Wait, what? What that have to do with financials? What just happened? Star Wars nipples. Han Solo grabbed Leia's boob when she gets shot. He doesn't turn around and grab her and hold her up. He just grabs her boobies. And then look it up. I love you. And she says, I know, you know, you know, you know, you know, Mike, you're so anal about everybody knowing about Ula's nipple slip, but you don't realize that Han Solo gets a, gets a cup full in his hands. I knew that. (laughs) Yeah. I know that Chewbacca fills her up, but I didn't know that. uh, Yeah. What? He gets a handful of blue milk bag. Oh, just saying. It's, it's green now. (laughs) Have we changed? Yeah. It's all different now. Hey gentlemen, it's time for some, Discussion! Discussion! (laughs) Aw, yeah. Gonna discuss some shit. Mm. 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 I'm gonna discuss it like it's hot. Yeah, I'm gonna discuss it like a Polaroid picture. Hell yeah. Well, all my discussions bring the boys to the yard. Well, (laughs) I need to send an email to Porkins Kid, by the way. I'm gonna pop and discuss it. What? what, What's wrong with Porkins Kid? He didn't do the financial breakdown of the Ewok movies. No, he didn't. He left those off. Or the holiday special. True. True $3. Or the animated. Adjusted for inflation. That's true. $6. $6. About tree fitty. Anyway, there's a thing someone wanted to do. <laughs> well, boy. Hey, there we go. There it is. Hi, Mike. There we go. Well, guys, the last few weeks we've been kind of digging in and, and talking uh, yeah. the prequels. And last week, or two weeks ago, actually, now, we talked about uh, New Hope and on that <laughs> lots of VH, <laughs> lots of VCR talk last week we rented a VCR <laughs> rented a VCR you guys rented that tells you how old we are VCR or at least Jokomo from Kokomo how old he is <laughs> yeah you're much older we're going to continue this series this week by talking about the greatest cinematic event 
of all uh, time. All time. Uh, the Princess Bride. Bum. Ooh. You know what, yeah, Howie? That's inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> the because fact that you know to say that is very conceivable. You know what? Anybody want a peanut? I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> Never have a battle of wits when with the Sicilian when death is on the line. Marriage is what brings us together today. <laughs> to blame. Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> Actually, the Empire Strikes Back is oh. what brings us together today. If only I had a Holocaust cloak. Oh. <laughs> you mean this? <laughs> Sometimes I don't know if Howie laughs harder at the line that you say, Garrick, or the physical reaction that I have to it. I really don't know. (laughs) The Empire Strikes Back. Episode five, right? The greatest (laughs) cinematic event of all time. So after the big follow-up to A New Hope... um, and the enormous success that it was, mm-hmm. which was by George Lucas's admission, not wasn't a slam dunk. I mean, there was a lot of doubt among cast crew and even George Lucas that it was going to be a hit. And uh, turned out to be not Alec Guinness, though. Not, <laughs> he knew the whole time. Dude, he was dunking like Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's why he got a percentage of the gross. I know, <laughs> and made a huge bank on that mofo. That dude, that dude died with dollar dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> they were they were falling they set out up of the a coffin. Motor. His hands were in the coffin, sticking out, just doing the making it rain thing. <laughs> and just dollars right shooting out, out of the, the coffin yeah. like an ATM on speed. But famously, I mean, we've talked about this many times about how, you know, there was plans for a follow up. If it wasn't that great, remember, it was going to be a splinter of the mind's eye story was going to be the follow up. And and the last page says holiday special. Luke puts it in (laughs) the end. end. (laughs) Yes, because there's a lot of there's a lot of flirty flirty between uh, Luke and Leia. What book? What Harry Potter book was that at Meyer that night? Was it book five? It was Order of the Phoenix, wasn't it? Okay, We're where are you going? In, I don't know. What are we me talking about? And the ex-wife yes. standing in line buying uh-huh. our copies of Order of the Phoenix. Three of them because you two couldn't share. <laughs> Nerds. And we're standing oh, in line no. at Meyer at like 12 17 yes, in the morning right? and you flip to the last page no, no, licking no. your thumb <laughs> and goes, Oh look, honey, there it is. And Ron stuck it in. The <laughs> Way to go, Ron. That is a direct quote. <laughs> 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 yes, I am. Well, so there's I, a common theme here. I am that guy. I am that guy that picks up a novel and reads the last page, and then tells everybody <laughs> that it's about an underage person having sex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Careful, that'll get you fired from Marvel Disney. Ooh, well, get a, get us fired from uh, Fly Casual. No, I don't think you could do anything. That <laughs> wait, wait. Let's Disney. call Fly Casual HR. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hello? Not picking up. <laughs> no. Oh, it doesn't exist. Wait, wait. <laughs> Their voicemail's disconnected. What's going on, Mike? We so Empire Strikes Back. Okay, so yeah, like the setup here, right? Like like okay. Lucas and, and nobody understood that A New Hope was necessarily going to be a success. So it was an, an enormous runaway success. And but a kids uh, movie, kids movie, a kids movie, right? Kids movie. right. Only children, of course, of Only course, children. of course. Right. So you know, now they made yeah. all the money, and they were able to dig in and and uh, actually write um, 
spend one, slightly more money than one hell of a script. Yeah, and uh, make this movie um, specifically Howie approximately seven million dollars more, yeah. or around sixty percent more money than the first film. <laughs> Adjusted for no, I won't go. Oh. <laughs> So um, I guess well let's just start going around. I mean, what's what was everybody's first exposure well, I think to the Empire Strikes Back? When the Empire came back, Empire Strikes Back. That was the that was the working I, title. I, the I, Empire I, comes back <laughs> when the Empire came back. <laughs> okay, so we're talking 1980. Yeah, 1980 well, was the release, for and it Empire. released with mixed reviews. After it released, it had mixed reviews, which everybody, all the last Jedi <sighs> like staunch defenders, loved to bring that up. Yeah, big loved time, and and that's. Well, yeah, but mixed what happened? Stop though, but mixed reviews by who? No, uh, what I'm saying is Rotten Tomatoes, the fans. (laughs) Siskel gave it a thumbs down, but Ebert gave it a thumbs. I don't see mixed up, mixed right there. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Those guys. Who knows? Is that you know what? Everybody brings that up to me. I don't know that that's actually true. Is that true? Yeah, well, they've had. If it's uh, true. Articles written back then about. Who did? Who did and where? I read it on the the interwebs. Oh, I want their address. (laughs) Who? Who posted this? I want to read them. Okay, well. (laughs) It's called Google. So you can get someone else. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. It was HuffPo. Uh, Oh, I knew it. Social justice warrior. Fox News. (laughs) Mike gets. Blocked by HuffPo. <laughs> so, well, what was Rotten everybody's tomatoes. first exposure? Now, of course, Rotten Tomatoes on the tomato meter <laughs> give it a certified fresh critic score of 95% and an audience score of 97%. So, so in the words of Howie's co workers, Time oh, critics. Yeah, because the timely they critics had Rotten Tomatoes back then. Can, yeah, they did. The critics of the time can suck it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm yeah, not sure. saying it, it's like, was a vast big gap i'm just saying that it was no, no. not the initially was not the blazing success colloquially as, that is the understanding but I, i'm with i'm with mike i've not verified it personally so it never happened nah. hey, nope well <laughs> fake I news fake it, news it was the first star wars movie i saw in the movie theater mm-hmm. yeah. ah, i was three. the cinema i was three okay and you were seriously three years old and saw it in the movie theater, and you remember this? Yeah. All right. You wouldn't. God dang. And let's let's be honest. <laughs> I was not three at the time. Empire is when the toys. I was seven. You just Thank received you. your AARP card, right? <laughs> <laughs> he got his sixth master's degree. That's right. Uh, wow. Six. Yeah. Uh, it, Empire is where the toys really kicked off too. Yeah. And that Word. was big for me because I was three. And pretty into it. Yeah, toys like, are big when you're three. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're smaller than yeah. you were. Yeah. So they're bigger. So, relative yeah, so I, size saw, I saw it in the theater bigger. too. How about the rest of you guys? Because you guys are a little bit younger. Oh, yeah. I saw it on VHS. Yeah. Those. My parents dragged yep. my, my sad conservative butt to the theater. Just, no. <laughs> um, you guys all heard this uh, two right. uh, podcasts ago, right. which is as as the. You pop- rented a VCR. At the grocery store. As the uh, as the esteemed Canadian comedy letter Kenny would put it, The Empire Strikes Back was my mother's laundry folding channel. Ah. ah. Literally what she would watch while folding laundry. Well, wow. All right. Mm-hmm. Garrick? 
Nice. Oh, well, I don't really. <laughs> well, you see, I rented a VCR. Hey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, our, I don't remember the first time I saw it. I don't I don't think I really saw it completely through until they re-released the VHS copies in like, what, 95? Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think I could have given you a hard hitting review when I was three of the uh, plot yeah. and everything, but. I just remember, I, I don't re- ever remember, like, I I have a troubled history with Empire Strikes Back. I, oh, really? Like I, <laughs> Explain. Like I, I remember seeing A New Hope, clearly, like I, I discussed a few weeks ago. I remember seeing Return of the Jedi because that's what I always remember being on TV. It's like the only one I ever saw on TV. But Empire Strikes Back, I, I never really had an opportunity to see the one until they scary. re-released them on VHS oh, uh, back in the, in, in like the nineties. So like I, I was raised, you know, people like, Oh, empire is the best. I'm like, I don't know guys. I really like a new hope and Jedi is pretty good too. But just because I never had the opportunity to actually sit down and watch it all the way through. And when I did, I'm like, Oh man, this is, this is really good. It's really good. I like this one. See now me growing up, I always remember a new hope like every year it was like, I think we talked about this a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. New it hope. Like, and it was like Jedi the wizard of Oz that like every year, like once a year, you know, it seemed like maybe in the spring, a new hope was on. And then the fall around, you know, holidays is when wizard of Oz was on TV. But, yeah. uh, I, you're right I though. I don't ever remember watching empire strikes back. It was TV. never on television. It was always, uh, it was always New Hope, like you said, right. back when back when you were old and your best toys were like a bicycle wheel or a hoop and a stick, um, <laughs> a rock. <laughs> but like, as even even as I was like, you know, getting uh, in my older part of my childhood, it was either A New Hope or Return of the Jedi. Empire was never on TV. It's on every weekend now on TNT. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. The whole saga <laughs> back spiked. to back. Or, oh, I'm sorry. Spike doesn't exist anymore. No, it's TNT. No. FX, TNT. X. There you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a different thing. Never mind. That's Sons of Sexarchy. Yeah, yeah. I see. I remember I, I recorded uh, Return of the Jedi one time because I happened to catch it as it just started. On VHS, so that remember, for a remember while that, that, that was, was hard to do without referring one I to could the, watch. That was hard to do without referring to the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. was. <laughs> Quick, open to the metro section or the, the home guide. section. Yeah, yeah. The TV guide. What are we rich? Good lord! Yeah, man. come on, come on. The TV guide in the paper. Oh, that. Oh, oh yeah, that. Other that's than the fun. brand name TV guide. Oh God, no. We no. weren't made of money, bro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember when this movie came out, though. I mean, I just remember it had just such a different tone. Yeah. And and obviously, as an adult, we can recognize that. But just even as a kid, it really affected me because, you know, I mean, A New Hope, you know, it had some dark themes and, and that type of stuff in it. But for the most part, it was pretty light. Yeah. And, Nowhere and, in A New Hope did someone cut open a goat filled with prophylactics. Dear God. I'm just saying. <laughs> dear God. Yes, man, for real. I mean, that was me and my brother's favorite scene, man. Heck yeah. Oh, man, he pulled out the... Dude, he stuck it in that I thing, man. I smell bad on the outside. <laughs> I mean, just... And, and almost right away, too. Comes, I mean, the beginning of the movie, Luke, I mean, he gets lost and he's, you know, hopeless situation. Gets, you know, knocked down by the wampa and dragged off to be eaten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty... It's pretty, it's a stark, it's pretty stark. It really is a stark difference. And, and which is, um, if, you know, oddly enough, um, in, you know, with George, you know, 
his take on the saga was a lot lighter, I think. And he's famously said that like, you know, Empire Strikes Back is the one movie out of the, those first three, the original trilogy that where he had the least control. Right. Because it felt like um, Lawrence and, Kasdan and and God bless George Lucas. But every day we thank the Lord, baby Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Irving Kirshner. Yes. The, yeah, that's Irv, what I meant yeah, by the Irv, Lord, baby right. Jesus was the very much not messianic. The worshiping <laughs> Irving Kirshner. At least I assume so from his name. Yeah, That's and racist. And who was no, the, the who was the producer acknowledging Jewish <laughs> Judaism? But the, the the producer on that film too. I mean those th- those three kind of I don't want to say they tag team George, but they. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I saw this. So they kind of teamed up on him a little bit, and uh, I mean they kind of over overrode him a little bit, and he's he's famously you know said that. I, I don't. He, Lu, if you listen to Lucas in interviews, he has a very troubled. Um, view angst. of it's yeah, an angst. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Which is, in in my opinion, the best stuff that that's out there is usually is yeah. It's a it's the struggle. The it's struggle like people food. pulling in different directions and and uh, and always in my opinion anyway. It seems like the best stuff comes out of that. But it's such of, a delicate balance. Because it is. When a lot it of is. People, like oh, we had 1300 script rewrites and we were in development hell. And Martin Scorsese wanted to edit the movie yeah. for 14 years. Right. That it's not going to be that good. Exactly. Right. But when you have the struggle that just barely keeps it together that seemed to be some of that well, seems it was to be it was the a perfect stuff. it was the perfect storm because at that time you know um a new hope was funded by you know 20th century fox and and they you know they kind of had the money side of things which yeah. made that movie you know its own thing because he had his constraints but fast forward to empire strikes back lucas is funding everything then mm. So I think that perfect storm is okay. He decided, okay, yeah, I'm gonna hand this off to a different director. All that cardboard money from selling the cardboard backs for the. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, well, sweet I just, cardboard you know, money. even then, even after the huge success of A New Hope, I mean, he's running a business now, yeah. and he's got to look at the bottom line, and you know, and then he's got his directors and writers and yeah. everybody else kind of a, doing a different thing. Oh, and Irving Kirshner's over here going, "I need more sweater vests." You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, here's Lucas trying to pull them back but they're resisting him and and i think at some point lucas is like okay i can't really fight this too much because i don't want to you know slow down production and you know cost the company too much money and you know i mean i remember when i was a filmmaker (laughs) (laughs) i was friends with other filmmakers yeah yeah that was a very trying time for him it really was and also at that point is when he started going through his divorce and everything yes oh yeah very trying time with his editor yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) who actually is underappreciated for her underappreciated (laughs) and practically wiped from the lucasfilm history books which is a which is an injustice it is it really is yeah yeah, people don't give her enough credit for what she did to pull that movie together and make it what what it is, what yeah, we like, know it to be now. Think about all the bad jokes that made it into Attack of the Clones, all the puns and shiz like that. And sure. she was the first line of defense in the original trilogy. Right, right. Yeah. Or I should say the last line of defense, really. Yeah, right, as yeah. it turned out, yeah. I mean, because, boy, if you go back and you look at some of the old archive stuff from A New Hope, you know, and some of the, the, the different cuts and, and takes <laughs> yeah. on some of those scenes, you're just like, oh my gosh, this could have been a vastly I just I film. just recently watched the uh, cut Jabba scene with the like was he Scottish 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh man, this was horrible. Han me boogie. Han me boogie. You're my best toilet. <laughs> Remember, hoodies for boy is boogie. boogie. Han, Han me, me boogie. Me, which is also Spanish, so that's convenient. <laughs> Han me boogie. I would just like to remind everyone of that. Thank you. Yeah. And poodoo is fodder. Not yes, poodoo <laughs> does not mean poopy. It means food. Food. That's yes. right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. Yep. So, but anyway, yeah, completely different situation in Empire Strikes Back. And uh, and again, in my opinion, what, what made it good, you know, was that struggle between the two, you know, between, you know, and, and I, you know, I, Lucas may disagree with this, probably does. Um, but I really felt like that that was his, um, he was at his best when he was kind of in the background, he was being a producer. He was the creative force. You know, he was the guy that created the character situations, the stories, made the final decisions on the overarching story, like story decisions, like, like regardless of script, people still had to get every little detail other than like the raw dialogue on set that day approved by him. He was still in charge in those ways. But Irv Kirshner had a relationship with those actors (sighs) that brought out, uh, I mean, performances that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a new hope, but those actors really took it to a new level. Han and Leia almost kissing on the Falcon or the arguments on hot dude, dude, my hands are dirty. My hands are dirty. (laughs) My hands are dirty too. So good. Name one George Lucas directed film. There's only, there's only a couple that that had that kind of character interaction. Right. Right. It doesn't mean that George Lucas wasn't there going. Yes. Yes. That scene. Yes. But Irving Kirchner was there milking it out of them. Just, yeah. Doing the takes and, and famously, I mean, you know, Lucas would get pissed at him because he would do a lot of takes yep. with them to yep. get those kind of performances. You might and say he Lord Miller did. Uh, <laughs> Maybe just a did I confuse everyone? <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, but, what podcast is this? But again, famously on A New Hope, you know, what was the criticism of Lucas as a director? You know, faster, more intense. Yep. It was like, get her done, get yep. her done, get her done. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and modernize, aka 15 years ago eyes. <laughs> George Lucas's direction is just get her done. That was up to in a nutshell. <laughs> yes. Get her done. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it just is. I don't know if we have the right camera angle for the CG that we're going to get her done. <laughs> yep. Move it along. Move along. I don't think it looks natural when she's rolling down the sand and ba- get her done. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking out, baby. Knocking out. But, uh, but yeah, Kirshner just, boy, he had a way with those actors and actresses and just... You know, just I, I, the, the, I guess the relationship even too with Kazan's script and and Irv Krishner's direction and the actors was just it was brilliant and 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 I mean think of like who like in that movie who is a character who stands out as not being part of the flow, right? And the best I could come up with, like, who stands out as being, like, not well-directed? Who's an actor that feels out of place? So, you know, in episode two, you could say, literally everyone. Yeah, but, you know, right. in, in Empire, it's like, name someone who stands out. And I'm like, I would have to go, well, Lando stands out because he's a character with complex motives. Not sure. because he stands out because he's poorly acted or poorly directed. Right. He stands out because he has motives that aren't 100% aligned with everyone else's. Right. They're parallel. Right. Okay? It's like a third, yeah, way. So, when I look at it that way, I go, well, why does that 
stand out as the worst one because it's still folded in so perfectly because by the time Vader's sitting there go, pray, I do not alter it further. You're going, oh, God, Lando, I'm sorry, bro. I was so pissed at you for 10 minutes ago. I'm so sorry. This sucks. I'm, oh, man, you got to save Poor the dude Lando. with the ice cream maker. You got to save all these <laughs> other people. And you're trying to do your best, bro. And it comes down to the fact that even with all that character complexity, in the end, it all weaves together so beautifully because of what you're saying. He had the relationship with different actors, all the different actors playing very different characters. Right. And that is a huge part of what a director can potentially do. Right. That's not George right. Lucas's strong suit. He's no. his strong suit. His create is his creativity. His strong suit is, sure. I right. would say yeah. his vision, the vision. The oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and that may be unparalleled. He's the idea guy. Yes. Right. But when it comes to the execution, he's capable, yeah. but not necessarily. Right the most refined right and Irvin Kirshner came from a background where this dude knew how to make american film yeah mm-hmm. even in a genre that he had less experience with that's why i don't mind when he's george lucas comes onto the set of these movies now yeah just giving ideas i'm like that is perfect yes, yes exactly his, that's his George that right yeah maybe have him run with your ideas of that even yeah you know but when it comes to actually being on set and pretending he's the director for two yeah. out of every eight hour, right. 12 hours yeah. a day. Yeah. Oh, no. Just, yeah. Not the, not, yeah. Not his forte for sure. Yeah. For Doing sure. a heck of a job, Rick. Slaps him on the yeah. back. Goes off. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kind of do a round table here and let's kind of um, pick a piece of the movie. Each of us, you know, that is the standout, you know, whether it's, you know, the acting, the score, the, you know, a, a particular scene that really stands Real out much. to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Asteroid Chase. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Garrett. Yeah. You start. What? Oh man. Uh, uh, oh man. I just <laughs> everything. No, the beginning scene, like uh, yeah. the, the 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 sound, like the sound effects. I think it really hits me at the beginning I'm scene. Like, it's when so organic, sh- man. Yeah, there, I mean, there's no sound in space, obviously, but the the sounds of the 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 droid capsules flying by, shoo shoo shoo, and then the you see it crash into Hoth. And there's this big explosion. You hear this whoa, 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 whoa. And then, I mean, all the the sound effects were just incredible. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what stood out to me. That imperial code language that the Prodroid spoke still haunts me. And then you have the the creaking metal of the walkers. You have the engine wash from the Super Star Destroyer. Mm -hmm. You have Vader in his capsule and his helmet. Onto oh, his head. Oh, the, I mean, that sound the. Thump. Yeah. the, the oh, it makes my skin crawl. Literally endless. Uh, the cloud cars. Oh the, yeah. Everything in Cloud City. I mean, this. It, it's amazing now that I'm thinking about it. How many like iconic special you know the effects? Sound, the sound effects in all the movies are great, but you're right. In this one, I think Ben Burt. Dear God, he doesn't the, the get gamut, enough credit. The gamut from the <laughs> yeah. Wampa roar in the background while right. Luke's like, oh, crap, I can't see him, but I need to free myself. Yeah. And, like, and I'm talking pre-special edition. 
Special edition oh, yeah. shows you the Whomper over there going, mm, I love the chicken thighs because the dark meat's more tasty. <laughs> like, you don't see that. You just hear him roaring in the background. You don't know how far away he is. Right. You don't know if he's coming to eat yeah, Luke. You don't it's, know. It's one of those things where Luke's like, I don't know my situation. I need to free myself without any knowledge of what's happening, which was so intense at the time. Oh, that's the Tauntaun. The, oh, the, 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 when he's getting frozen in carbonite, the 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 klaxon that's sounding, oh, and it oh, comes down, and it just that yeah, hollow thump. Even no, even even when the claw comes no, yeah, down to pull him out, mm-hmm. and and it, it clenches clenches on and starts pulling, you can hear it like it makes that sound. It sounds like it sounds like ice being pulled off of like a oh yeah, like you know, like, like snapping cr- like a like a like a like, yes. like, a, like a ripping crunch. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the ATATs <laughs> coming to. But I like uh, yeah, yeah yes the ATATs especially. But I, I like Garrick's point about the uh, with the carbonite like falling to the ground. Yeah. That sound did not make any logical sense. It wasn't like no, a clunk, clunk, it clunk. Hover. It, it was like, like it was almost like a vacuum sealy sound. And yeah. it, oh god, every time startled me. Every <laughs> single time. It is. You're right. The sound effects. Yeah. Chewbacca's roar. Pretty amazing. Oh yeah. Osh, the the voice modulation on the Leia's. Uh, no, I'm talking with the Empire. How he, went, he went, how, he went, how he went back to his favorite movie. Uh, yeah. We were talking about awesome sound effects, but yeah. I uh, Is it my turn? Yeah. I believe that my favorite scene. God, after going through that romp, I'm there's so to, many favorite scenes, but you got to pick and one. I kind of cheated. <laughs> yeah, you really did, a-hole. Um... I mean, I love everything about Hoth. Lord knows I've played 30 video games that have the Battle oh, yeah. of Hoth. Every Battlefront ever. Yes. Uh, and, and then some, you know, freaking uh, yeah. even even Shadows of the Empire had a Hoth battle. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think my oh, God, I had it down. I love every part of it, dude. God, this sucks. Okay, pass me. I was ready, and then Garrett did his thing, <laughs> and now I'm completely That's fudged what, over. Uh, just, gra- just grab onto one, buddy, and go down the road. All right, it's the asteroid chase because oh my gosh, to oh, me absolutely. is the single greatest piece of cinematic score. Yes, of all thank you. That's time. where I was just when you said that the bum, score. Bum, bum, <laughs> and then you get to the the boom 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 boom. The big crescendos. I mean, that's just the best. I mean, you're talking to a dude. You and me saw Superman Returns together. You and me saw it. We were sitting up in the upper right part at the rave theater. When it started. All right, we were up in the upper right, just just right of the rightmost aisle in the upper part of the stadium seating. And when it started, it was like, after the Marlon Brando scene. Yes, I was like, goosebumps. I grabbed your wrist like we were on a date and I was trying to get to first Base because that is how moved I was. Yeah, that ain't got shiz on the on the asteroid chase, which is why now in two different Star Wars movies where they've used that song, both the Last Jedi and in Force Awakens, those were two of the moments where I squealed the loudest (laughs) because they were using the asteroid chase. Actually, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I meant uh, Last Jedi and Solo, right? Solo used Solo it. Solo used it, yes. yes. Yeah. And I got like that. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I don't like even when last shot, I'm like, this movie's weird, but yes. <laughs> you know? Like you're uh, right. You know, you're right though, because that that piece, I mean, John Williams music, if you I mean, if you listen to all his scores, they're ver- there are very 
Um, there are elements that kind of go between a lot of his scores For that you can like, oh, this is made that observation on your own. I dare you to listen to the Home Alone score and then the Harry Potters. Yes, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. The same <laughs> chord progression. Yes, right. Versus like, now I can't do Home Alone because Harry Potter overrode it in my head. They're too closely together. Yeah. No. No. Uh, that was not Denny Elfman. No. No. Johnny, no, no. Johnny Dubs. But my my point is going back to the asteroid um, scene. That piece of music. I mean, it so stands out. I mean, you it get is the visual of not only do you have a ship just going through space, which traditionally would just mean a model flying straight. Right. You have the Falcon rocking yes. up as if oh. there's gravity in space, and then swinging back down, <laughs> and the and now you're seeing the top of it and then it's rocking back yeah. and you see the bottom of it it's like amazing yeah, and then you have C3P going whoa yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> exactly never tell me the odds <laughs> <laughs> I think for me uh, and uh, sorry if this sounds a little I don't know whatever but the just the love the the, oh, the love relationship between Han and rented Leia. a VCR. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not usually that sappy, but it was so brilliantly done because those two. Because it's not traditional. It's it's not traditional, and I just loved that those are two hard headed people yes. that are falling in love. Yes, and I love their banter I back hate and forth you so much that I cannot be without you. <laughs> yes. Oh man, I is. know. Well, and then the the solo movie solidifying that even more, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. man. Yes. I, I, yeah. The, the, you can't. I mean, it, it's cliche to say this, the, the scene where he's getting ready to be frozen and he's like, I've been a selfish prick, but I'm going to take this one on the nose because, well, I don't know what's yours. <laughs> yeah, right. And and her, you know, I love you. And him like, chill, babe. I know. <laughs> there is That's still yeah nothing else in movie history, and I don't care if I'm wrong because f the facts. There is nothing else <laughs> in movie history that has that dynamic, that that impact, that yeah. just and, yeah. and knowing and and just ah. It is so cool. It is so cool. Because, yeah, I mean, here's two yeah. people that have been fighting those emotions the whole time. Yep. And then they come to the head. They have one of the most iconic arguments of all time. Of all time at the beginning of the film. Right. No, that's not why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Uh, uh, I just as soon kiss the Wookiee. <laughs> yeah. I can arrange, I can arrange that. that. You can use, use a good, good kiss. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the most iconic dialogue in the most, I, one of the most those, iconic arguments. And those, and those two, man, they just, oh my gosh, they just it's work they were off voting. each other. <laughs> Her and John Belushi oh, were yeah. on the outs. Belushi. <laughs> But yes, I mean, their work together is amazing. The dialogue, I mean, just every element of their relationship is just so just right on. Yes, it's right on and how perfectly off it is. And everybody who's ever been in love with someone who pisses them off sometimes <laughs> is sitting there going, yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. Uh, oh. What he said or what she said. Yep. I just, yeah, the love story, man, in that it just... I don't think anybody's ever really duplicated that kind of 
I mean, that's one of the one of the elements that they're makes me literally say, trying to get ready to escape for their lives, right. <laughs> and they're arguing about who has feelings for each other. <laughs> Grabbing the drawing, going, "Come on!" You know, I love that the Harrison Ford. Come on, come on Golden Run. <laughs> yeah, come on, Golden Run. <laughs> you know, I love that. But like, they're literally like, "Well, we could die in the next hour, but you love me. I don't love you." <laughs> but seriously, and then getting to the scene where he's being frozen, he could die, and and she understands that, yep. and they're like, "Okay." We got all not, this stuff aside. He's not rubbing her nose in it. He's been like the whole movie. He's like, he's like, you fucking love me, and you won't admit it. The whole movie, you love me, and you won't admit it. Yeah. You think you're so cool, but I know you love me. But instead, he just goes, nope. I'm gonna quietly do what I have to do, sacrifice for everybody else. And that's when she suddenly can't hold it in anymore. I love you. And that's the funny thing. It wasn't in the script. It wasn't a script. The script was, I love you too, which most people know, right? Right. The hardcore fans know that, but it makes perfect sense because the whole movie, the whole argument at the beginning is, I know you love me. And she's like, I do not love you. I just assume kiss a (laughs) wookie. And so at the end, he doesn't say it. She has to say it. I love you. I know. <laughs> I've been saying it literally since the movie where started. Where you been, girl? Yeah, where you been, girl? <laughs> I got you, fam. <laughs> he knows it, and that's why it's like it's 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 you know it's it's, it's easy to say. Oh, you know, here's the problem. Here's Ford said, "Nerm Christian." I think he said, "Nerm Christian." Yeah, and, and and then George Lucas in the editing booth went, "Whoa, WTF!" But forget the fact that they came up with it on the spot. The truth of the matter is that was what went with the script that's yeah, what went right, what right. went it just felt it wasn't it was just so that natural. this is what the actor would say it's literally this is continuity with what happened so far right. in the film you know and obviously that scene you know is is a highlight but the other scene that you alluded to earlier on the falcon you know where they're hiding mm-hmm. in, in the asteroid and they've got that 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 downtime that moment and they just have that that little it's kind of a tender moment but she's uh, I, I love Carrie Fisher's performance there because you know she's the whole time she's been this really strong woman real strong she's real still strong. mad at him about the argument on Hoth right, at that point exactly she's still stewing and he's like I'm over it baby <laughs> he's trying to totally be smooth yeah. and just but I love that because you can just see her melting at that point where you know that breakdown of you know I'm okay I'm giving in I'm starting to give in and but she's still being snappy at him and I love when you don't get to me yeah I yeah. love I love that moment when when you know 3PO interrupts him and whatnot and and or no, it wasn't three PO, but but there's a moment three PO cuts in right yeah, when they're right. kiss. But there's mm-hmm. there's a Sarah, moment I'm isolated. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I think she walks off there, and then he kind of looks out like, Carl, oh. So but there's good to but see you. <laughs> <laughs> there's a moment when they they have a little spat, and he walks off, and she just she kind of and she's in the cockpit, and she just looks like I, I'm ruining this. I'm I'm you know she you can tell she's mad at herself. Yeah, and uh, I just. Just again, her character development through that whole thing, and uh, you know her that strong facade breaking down and, and then, giving into you know. I don't think a lot of people realize that it all kind of breaks with the Minox. That's where it kind of turns the corner. Right, they're out there dealing with another situation right. piled on everything else because you know the hyperdrive doesn't work. We're flowing away with the garbage. We're getting chased through the asteroids, and so you know, not in that order. And so here they are now. They got Minox shooting on the power cables. They go out and they're you know I got a bad feeling about that. And they're shooting at him. And they go back in and they're trying to escape what they realize or what Han realized space log. And she's like the cave is collapsing. When you look at her face right then. She's not pissed off with Han. Right. She's not pissed off with their situation. 
she's got her hand, I think she has her hand on his shoulder and there's an affection. There's a familiarity that up until then total resistance to that. Sure. But there it's just, okay, we're escaping for our lives, but suddenly we're cohesive. Suddenly we're a team. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if a lot enough people give that scene credit with the space slug, right. but that's where you can tell the corner has been turned. Right. Even though, you know, Lando gets in and tries to cock block and flirts. And- <laughs> <laughs> Another favorite Lando. Yeah. Classic Lando. Ain't nobody said nothing about Lando. Hey, Howie, should we even get your opinion on this? I mean, well, yeah, like I love, bears. I love uh, Empire. What's your favorite scene in Empire, Howie? Well, okay. Um, I don't want you to get, I don't want you to get mad at me, but oh. I, I have to speak on two separate things because. Uh-oh. One of them was very These are Mike's impa- rules. You're breaking, not mine. Well, one, one of them was very. Bring it, man. Anything you got to say about Empire, I'm in. One of them was very impactful in a very different way than than the other. But the first one I'm going to bring up is uh, just Dagobah and the whole the whole sequence that surrounds that. Um, R two puking. Yeah, it just <laughs> absolutely. Yes, it was like it kind of just blew my mind. This this little green guy. <laughs> you know that you're like what in the world and he's trying to rock you know, and rolling and then it kind of yes, culminates yeah, yep on. and it kind of culminates in the end of the cave area yeah. and right. that was very impactful for me because uh, i never seen anything like that before have you ever watched the video of the cave sped up to normal speed <laughs> yeah i think you showed me that's really awkward <laughs> speaking speaking of yeah. Dagobah and and going back to the score, another highlight for me in the score is the scene where Luke fails to get the X wing out. Yes. Oh, yeah. and Yoda that's looks one of the down. Most emotional oh. score scorings I've ever heard. Yoda Yoda gets out there, pulls it out, and just that <laughs> score <laughs> as the X wing is coming oh, across. The, uh, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> And yeah. and just the simple words after that too. He comes up to Yoda, and you know, <laughs> I don't believe it. Yeah, and that is why you. Fa- oh man, <laughs> the goosebumps, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yoda smack. He said you're going to dude, summer I mean, Jedi keep, school. We keep going back to the score on this. The score in this movie is one of the most the greatest brilliant. movie scoring event of all time. <laughs> it really it's John, is. It's man. John Williams Magna Opus, man, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, just like you yeah. said earlier, Garrick. I mean, the Imperial March for crying out loud, man. This is our first introduction to that. Who had done, at that point, who had recently done a march? (laughs) A march. (laughs) A John Philip Motherfragen Souza march that had that much of a cultural touchstone oh impact. Gosh. And John Williams goes, I got this. <laughs> Hold my beer. You know what I mean? Oh, man. man. Well, well, I got to do the second yeah, one. It's, second just, one. it's a short one. but Better not also this, be mine. This, uh, this <laughs> kind of leads up to the carbonite thing where it like freaked me out as a child. And like in, in a very serious way, it was when Han was getting prepped. Oh, the torture scene. <laughs> torture, yeah. yeah. Dude, I remember I, that. You're right. As a kid, you're like, Covered my, my eyes <laughs> and plugged my ears with my yeah, thumbs. That was so impactful. Time. But it was done so well because you saw them getting ready to, but they didn't actually show you. And the little heard sparks, the screaming. The little sparks and, oh, man. coming out of the thing. Yeah. Oh, my. You know what really got me, too, on that scene? Was, you know, they, they start lowering Han down. Yep. But if you notice, Vader comes up right next to him. Yeah, like, he go, leans down, and I he's like, Watch I have to go, hey, babe. 
<laughs> this shit's oh, this, this shit gonna get hurt. real. This is gonna get this real. Gonna hurt. <laughs> you better clench your buttocks, Legolas. Yeah, tense up. I won't poop your pants. <laughs> You're right, man. Oh, oh, man. Yes, yeah. right. that, that scene scared this. All right, Petery. I mean, for for me, I'm not gonna pick one scene. It's it's more of a th- god. Damn, you guys, I picked <laughs> yeah. one scene. It right. wasn't easy. Fine. Yeah, hot. respect then the game. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, this is not something I picked up on my first viewing. As I was three, it took me several years to come. I remember seeing two movies as a kid: this and Gremlins. There you go. Oh man. I, Anyway, I snuck into the family room with my parents renting Gremlins. They rented Gremlins <laughs> oh, on no. VHS. They didn't know no, I was VCR. there hiding in the corner, and I started screaming and running out of the room and scared the bejesus <laughs> out of them. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But but for me, the overall theme is what I identify with. You get a sense for what the rebellion is. They're not, oh, yeah, we blew up the Death Star and we're kicking their butt. No, right. their they're backs like, are against the wall. we right. kicked open the hornet's nest. Yeah, uh-oh, yeah. they found us. Yeah. We got to go. And, uh, you know, the desperation with, with Han getting captured, with Luke failing his training on Dagobah. Right. He left before he was done. Yes. And he lost a hand for it. Yeah. Yep. And it was sacrifice. It was sacrifice that the, that the, the most wise characters in the whole saga at that point said, you can't do that. Right. You can't do that. You're not ready to go do that. And he goes, I don't have a choice. Han and Leia will die if I don't. But quote, quote. And and so it's literally Luke going, I am consciously making a mistake because the mistake I'm making is the right thing yes. to do. Yep. That right. is writing Mike drop. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. And, it's that, and I feel like that theme is all the way through the entire movie. Yes. It's backs against the wall, desperate. It's not... You know, we blew up the Death Star and we're we're gonna win. Yeah, it didn't come off that way. And Empire, like, ooh, ooh they yeah. they could lose. Yeah, it just made them pissed off. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're they're like before you were like gnats. Now they're open season hunting you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, okay. Uh, best outfit besides Boba Fett. Lando, Leia on Hoth. Boba Fett, Leia on Hoth. See, I'm all about yeah. the quilted northern toilet paper Leia, but <laughs> as much as that gray, you like Bespin Leia, that gray long vest she wears on Bespin is a little bit 1980s grandma holdover from the 1970s. I'm liking the burgundy thing she got going on underneath. Uh, okay. I'm just saying. No, no, it's Lando. All right, wearing Hans oh, clothes. Yeah. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> so I got I got to bring this up too because we haven't talked about this, but uh, the lightsaber battle at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. oh, the yeah. David Prowse, I'm too sore to move lightsaber battle. <laughs> yeah. Here, just hit my lightsaber. Which, I'm gonna hold is, it out in one hand. Just keep hitting it. Which is why it wasn't Prowse for most of the most of the fight scenes. But yeah. um, to me, I mean, Vader was scary at the beginning of A New Hope. Uh-huh. But Empire Strikes Back brought him to all new levels. To oh me. yeah, all, yeah, all too easy. <laughs> up until Rogue One, and then I was straight up terrified. Uh, yeah, him, no, <laughs> right. I was a thirty-seven-year-old man, thirty-six-year-old man now crapping his pants because of that scene. In but Rogue I mean, but let's think about Vader. I mean, throughout that whole movie, even I mean, you know, again, yeah. I mean, we had the little choke scene at the beginning of A New Hope, but in Empire Strikes Back, he's just laying dudes down. I mean, Dude, in Star Wars, oh, you failed in Star Wars, done. Vader was the dude who's like he's part of the government but he's pissed off at him too he knows he knows they don't 
have all their ducks in a row. And this one, he's like, I don't care about the government. I'm going to murder everybody you love. <laughs> Apology yeah. accepted. Yeah, Captain yeah. Nemo. Well, it's it's funny, too, because it feels like, you know, Tarkin, you know, he, as Leia says in A New Hope, you know, uh, Vader is on Tarkin's leash, yeah. so to speak. Tarkin's dead now. Yep. So pretty much the empire, the emperor's like, do it. Yeah. Do what you got to so do. You're, you're, like, you're like, this is Vader Unchained. And then suddenly he gets on his knees and a lady appears over him in the air. <laughs> Because at that time, Ian McDermott was not Palpatine. Right. It was a woman. Right. Yeah. And not Emperor. in the special edition. Not in the right. crap you're watching on disc now. Right. But in the original, the original movie, yeah. it was a lady in makeup who was Emperor Palpatine that appeared. And Vader, you're like, whoa, who's this dude kneeling to? Oh, oh, he's like the Grim Reaper. He's going to escort <laughs> me across the River Styx. Oh, like everything just got cranked up another level because you're like, well, he's working with death. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, and that lightsaber battle, I mean, I don't know. I, I've always felt over the years, like too though he was, you didn't, you weren't getting full Vader. You no, were, Vader was just getting, like, I'm messing with you. Yeah, I'm gonna let you play. Yep, yep. That's because Vader that, knows something he doesn't know. And what? the biggest line dropped in the Vader, whole movie. I know something you don't know. I am yeah. your daddy. <laughs> He's not left Early either. Bachman. I mean, probably. I mean, geez. <laughs> I mean, arguably the the I'm, the. I'm, the uh, <laughs> Arguably the the biggest greatest twist in all <laughs> in cinematic history. Pre, oh come on, priest guys, guys. Pre M Night Shyamalan. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Bruce Willis was dead the, the whole, whole, whole time. time. Oh, the whole right. cinematic time. Damn it! Oh, oh my gosh! I never saw it coming. <laughs> That's not true. That Dude, is impossible. I mean, and all the, I mean, famously, all the, the secret, the secretive, you know, uh, the keeping that under wraps and all that and how that happened and, and all that. I mean, oh. you know, where they, you know, nobody on the, I mean, literally three people on that. No, two people, the writer and yeah. George Lucas knew the real line. Yeah. And right before they filmed it, they brought Hamill aside and said, okay, this is the real line yep. so that you act this properly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think even David Prowse says that cause he was, he was the one that acted that scene that he thought that when it was being filmed, that, the reaction to that line didn't make sense. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, Obi-Wan did it. Why would you react that way? Right. <laughs> Why are you so upset? Uh, don't worry. James Earl Jones is on hand. <laughs> what was, what was the line that the they... Orig- the rhyme yeah. that was in the script was Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan killed your father. And that's what they read on set. Right. On set, the they did yeah. not say, no, I am your father. But it they was, had to tell Hamill. Yeah, they had to tell so, Hamill to get the right review. And everybody else was like, all right, Mark, way to overact. I'm surprised they're going with this. <laughs> Let's hope the Partridge family keeps going so you can keep milking that cash cow. Um, but but he, that line, even the delivery, I mean, you know, yeah. James Earl Jones delivery on that line. Yeah. No. I, I mean, it's just, oh my gosh, it's so, I mean, it's again, giving me goosebumps. It's weird about if you it. actually Probably the most quoted look, line of all If time. you go back and look and see the how most wrongly like, quoted. Yeah, yeah, very, very yeah, wrongly. Luke, yeah. I am your father. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Farley, forever. <laughs> Lola, Lola. Anyway, uh, if you, it's funny if you watch this and you look at how Prowse is shaking his fist like, 
you can actually kind of imagine no Obi-Wan. If you look at yeah. how he's, his fish shakes, <laughs> Obi-Wan killed your father. <laughs> and you, you realize if he actually knew the line, no, I am your father, he probably wouldn't have quite wiggled his fist the way yeah. he did it. You right. can actually kind of deconstruct that a little right. bit. Right. I like it. I love it. Print it. Amazing. <laughs> That's yeah. The yeah. Anything, anything else we haven't covered in the movie, man? Uh, literally every part of it. I know. T-47s are my favorite ship of all time. Scene by scene breakdown. Let's go. Other than the tight defender, but on screen ships, on films, the T-47, the noise. Okay. What was, what was your reaction? The first time that you saw an AT-AT on screen, because here we are just in the, in the just to set it up, just to set it stretched even taller in the binocs. You know, the rebels know that they're going to be attacked. And so they're getting set out and it's the calm before the storm. Everything's quiet and they're getting out there. They're getting set. Yeah. The guy walks out and he, Taste the snow. No way. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, no. Frozen water. <laughs> Slushy. Stop. Sorry. So and then, hydrogen monoxide. Okay, but you're, they're sitting there and they're getting ready, and then you just hear in that distance. You know, and all of our lame sounds. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and then that first time that the guy puts up the the you know binox. the box and and the looks box. out and you're like what. Binox. He like sees the foot and then he scrolls yeah, up. And it scrolls up. Yes. It's <laughs> <He's> like crap. <laughs> and you're like, wow, that that ATAT's in 4-3, not 16 by 9 mode. Yeah. <laughs> it's all squished. <laughs> oh, amazing, man. man. And it's funny, to this day, I am not a fan of mech fiction. Or mecha, as some people might call it. Yeah. I don't get into people like driving like big humanoid robots or anything like that. But these giant freaking metal cows scared the bejesus <laughs> right? out of me. It's it's my second like you Star there Wars goes, vehicle. They're so slow, though. Yeah, but that armor's too strong for blasters, bro. <laughs> right. That's scary, man. Yeah, it is. They're yeah. slow because they're heavily armored. It makes sense if yeah. you think about it. Second favorite. Star Wars vehicle for me. I don't know. I was three when I saw it. I I probably squealed. I don't know. Or said, I want to buy one. Or buried yourself in a parent's arm. That might have happened. And cried like a lot. So what are we missing? Anything else? Anything else that we want? Any kind of closing thoughts on the movie? I had to to duck for a quick break when we were talking about the Vader scene with Luke. And, you know, I'm your father and all that. Uh, did, Did we cover that he said, no, come with me? Let's let's overthrow the emperor. Yeah, <laughs> that's that I was mean, that pretty. Was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's oh. rule the galaxy together as what father about and the son. fact that all of a sudden Luke's sitting there dangling from an upside down UHF antenna going. Yeah. Leia and Leia's going. Wait, what? You guys smell something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Shh, quiet. You smell something? Turn. You know, like you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He can just, you know, an, another he can just reach out to her now. Another yeah. brilliantly filmed scene, too, is just just the close up on Leia's face when he's calling out. to her Oh, the, the deadpan. That oh. that that, that <laughs> yeah. deadpan. Whoa, wait a minute. There's something thousand, else happening. thousand yard stare. Yes. Yes. Going on. Yes, exactly. Oh, my gosh. That was so. Oh, just brilliant, man brilliant and then, and then i love where she's like yeah. where she's telling chewbacca to turn around and lando's like what you want to go back Look and then that they, fighters back there and, and then chewbacca, what about those fighters and then chewbacca about rips his head off he's like okay fine <laughs> he sits back fine yeah. i'll go carabiner myself out the hatch and dangle in the wind and uh, uh speaking about being ripped up i bought about c3po being uh 
Oh, almost he died. completely uh, gone. You know, speaking of, I mean, because R2 and 3PO are the comic relief in the movie. Nah, and yeah. uh, to me, that movie, I mean, because we make fun of, you know, <laughs> some of the lines that uh, Anthony Daniels delivers in like Ep2 and, yeah. you know, what a drag and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. We make fun of that stuff. But in Empire Strikes Back, I, I feel like that is the best use of those characters. How intense is it when like... C-3PO gets blasted and you're like, wait, what the hell just happened? Seriously, it right. doesn't sound like a stormtrooper. It sounds like some weird alien Frank Oz voiced back there. And you're like, what just happened? But then later, you know, he's sitting in there, you know, uh, Chewie gets that alarm, finally shuts off his right. sister and he, like cries for a second <laughs> and then and fires him up. Together. And he's yeah. like, what? Stormtroopers here. I must run the others. Oh no, I've been shot. And the camera like does that little zoom in and you're like, holy crap. Like, we're literally going through almost like a uh, like a, like a like, like a CSI rewind, like trying to piece together what happened right. already in the movie. Right. Even though we've progressed to this already point, it, yeah. we already know bad things are happening. But still, I what, mean, just that violence is now just unfolding in the brilliant present. writing, man. Because who who would think to do that? You know what I mean? I mean, ugh. <laughs> oh no, I've been shot. Such a, I mean that line. Yeah, it's crazy right? good. <laughs> crazy. What's your best feel good uh, line from Empire? Oh wow! Can I go first? Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Go first. Yeah, you you popped the you All popped right. it. The first transport is away. Is away. Arms yeah. in the air! Hip hip hooray! <laughs> There's yeah, like three guys who look like, I was what? told to put my those, arm up. And those scenes, it really, because you knew there was a rebellion in New Hope, but it really felt like a rebellion. Yeah. And and like a band of people that were really, you know, pulling for each other. And right after that, <laughs> right after that, I like how Luke talks to R2. Like he's his pet, like he's his dog. Yeah, right. You oh, know, he's yeah. like, we're not rendezvousing with the others, R2. <laughs> we're going to Dagobah. And R2's like, and Luke's just like, Luke's just like, yeah, I'm going to keep it on manual control for a while, buddy. Everything's cool. We totally escape. Everything's chill. Everything's fly. (laughs) And I'm just like, I love that little, like, you're my buddy. It's going to be cool. You know, I'm going to pat you over the dome when you puke in the swamp lake. (laughs) Right. You know, like, I, I like, I love the Luke R2 dynamic, which is actually one of the reasons why I'm so sensitive to the use, the lack of use of R2 in the newer movies is that the Luke R2 dynamic was actually a major part of something that was important to me. Right. In those films. And, you know, Anakin never had that level of rapport with R2. In the in the prequels, which is fine, he didn't yeah. need to, but Luke did. Luke did. It was huge. Really, R two is just inquisitive. Like, what are we doing? Huh? What are we doing? Huh? Are we going for walksies? Walksies? Going for a ride? We're going for a ride? <laughs> yeah, settle down, R two. We're gonna hang out with a swamp, a little green dude, probably. You know, right. like all of that. I just absolutely adored. Yeah. In terms of like, it's the it's the biggest point in the movie where it's like, okay. That first 45 minutes or the first 30 minutes was like super intense. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody take a breather. Right. Those of you who need to go out and get another popcorn, go ahead. <laughs> All right. We're going to circle back around. Yeah. Like, it, I, mean, I love that. For for me, that that the feel good that the first transport was, I, that was transferred to me. I mean, everybody in the command center stopped and cheered. The pilots get, the troops getting slaughtered out on the fields by mm-hmm. the ATAT. They didn't, they didn't cheer because they were getting slaughtered, but. 
how cool was it? Stand by ion control. Yes. And yes. like they shoot a Star Destroyer and it's like, oh no, vacuum doesn't work anymore. And it just starts floating to the planet. <laughs> how cool is that? Good uh, stuff, man. Oh, yep. yeah. I loved uh, the uh, the first meeting between Han and Lando. Okay. You know, when it's real tense at first. And they do like the throw a punch thing, which is now continuitized and then, by and then, the yeah. solo movie. And then Lando's laugh as he grabs him and hugs him and hey, right. hey, you <laughs> so good to see you. Oh, yeah, perfect. But the fact that Han didn't he wasn't sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, oh geez, I don't know if we hate each other. <laughs> yeah. The, the, actually, I thought we were good. I love thinking that Han never saw Lando again after he won the Falcon from Solo. <laughs> that that's literally the first time. The last thing. Lando's yeah. not a system. He's a man. You know, like literally, like, I haven't seen this guy since I pissed him off like so bad like twice. Right. And then he comes up and he throws the punch and I was like, oh, wait, okay, okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> I Maybe love they that. never did siege. Maybe they talked on, I, on no, the space phone. I love the idea that they never ever interacted again until he saw Lando and he's like well okay here's a wild card (laughs) he's a friend of mine (laughs) feel good lines Howie Derek Um, I I don't know just a little line on Hoth when General Rican is talking to Han Solo and Han Solo is like you know I gotta I gotta go I gotta take care of this thing yeah I gotta and he yeah, I got a bounty. He's like, yeah, I understand the death mark's not an easy thing to live with. We'll really miss you around here, you know, something to that effect. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, he's like in charge of the base and he has that much respect for Han Solo that he's like, yeah, we're, we're going to miss you. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know. Just that, just a little respect. That well, it, which is perfect for Han's on. character, too, yeah. man. Again, again, the, the gesture from a, the, from the end of A New Hope and it solidifies it going, right. this continued. Right. Yeah. This was a thing. Well, he but, was a leader but, of But men. even just his yeah. character, because, you know, even which is what I love about the solo movie, that he's got this vision, this view of himself as the pirate, the rogue. And I'm it's a like, bad guy. No, yeah. you're not. We love you. Noogies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just cool. Yeah, because General Rican saw the the potential leader like that they were going to miss out that Han Solo really didn't see in himself just in that little interaction. Yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. Really cool character development. And I, I don't know. It was cool that he thought of hand that way. Mm. And Howie, your most feel good line, I believe if I remember correctly is no disintegrations. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I've never thought about that in terms of, Empire, because yeah. I, I don't, I don't feel like Empire like is a feel good. Oh no, it's a dark movie. So, but <laughs> it's got all these heavy points. I mean, the obvious answer is I love you. I know that's the obvious you answer, will. but it's yeah. nice to point out all these other nuanced moments. You well. will be. <laughs> you you will be. Right. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't fall asleep. asleep. Speaking of falling asleep, Mike's got to get up at eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, so, what? Uh, That's an hour hours away. Six hours from now. No, wait. He has an appointment at eight o'clock in the yes, morning. I will be getting up earlier than that. So Mike's going to get up in four hours and forty-five minutes. Yes. So Yay. and he's got Wait a half hour me. drive across town. So it's time to wrap this one up for another fly casual. Hey, join us. Fly Casual eleven thirty eight on Twitter, where we can uh, we love to hear your questions, comments. We like to talk with you, the listener. So please join us there. Facebook, facebook.com slash Fly Casual Podcast. Run out to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get the podcast. Give us a nice little podcast. I, I'm not even my, my enunciator's broken. 
Uh, and, and give us a nice little review so we reach more listeners exactly like sweet little old you. In the meantime, Aww. go to betterkind.com, follow along the show notes if you like. And I'm Corey over there's Mike. So, yeah. Over there's Howie. If you go on to starwars.com, you will find original reviews of Empire Strikes oh. Back. Ooh, interesting. Ooh. A, little, a little homework for the chitlins at home. Over there's Petrie. Uh, nice to be back briefly. And Garrick, we are your father and we're jelly.